Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. All right, we're live. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. It's Michelle Wong here, and I am so, so thrilled to have on our wonderful guest, Ryan Yukomi. I'm... I'm just really excited. Ryan is actually one of my coaches, and uh, I'll well, I'll have to share how I came across his um, his work. But uh, Ryan, you are in Vancouver. Would you like to say hello and welcome and everything? Hey, Michelle, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, such an such an honor. I, of course, you know I love everything about what you do and who you are as a person. So I'm very grateful to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah, I just, um, I actually came across your work through um, another podcast, the Cosmic Calling podcast, and your your actual interview was the first one I just hit play on. And it was, it was your energy and you were talking about soul wealth that it just sucked me in. And I just really appreciated your journey and just how real you are. So I am excited to dive in into today's like conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so let's see, like your work is around helping people with their soul purpose and really bringing out, helping people with their money and helping them grow in a way that is in alignment with their soul purpose and with wealth generation. Um, And what I find so, I guess, magnetic is that you get it, like you get the journey and how sometimes it's hard, but you also have this energy about you that you can help people get out of that story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I became fascinated with this at a young age around the soul and the soul's journey and the the purpose, you know, like everything we talk about in the school of soul health and, but also the wealth side of things. And the reason why is because I didn't grow up with money. I mean, my parents never had a lot of money when we were growing up. And as I got older, I realized that there's a lot of people that want to do things with their life. And usually the number one reason why they feel like they can't do those things is because of money. So if you were asked someone, hey, are you going on a vacation anytime soon to that place you're thinking about going? They would say, oh, no, I can't. I can't afford it. Right. Or I don't have the time, which is also has to do with money. And so I just became fascinated with, you know, why money is something that stops people from either doing what they want or not doing what they want. And then, and then I was thinking, well, can you actually like live your soul's highest purpose and make great money? Cause I, I noticed there'd be people like really spiritually connected, but then they weren't very wealthy financially, or there'd be people super wealthy, really financial, just crushing it financially. And they were like super spiritually disconnected, you know, going home and drinking like a bottle of red wine, <laughs> but making millions of dollars, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, can you have both? And so that kind of became, you know, a challenge for me to see if I could do it. Yeah. And then your, your story is that you, cause you're saying that you didn't grow up from a rich family. So what was that like for you in terms of like, okay, let's see if I can do it. Like my question was always, well, how, how did he do it? Like, how did he get started? 
Yeah, I didn't grow up. My parents actually had an Amway business when I, when I was really young and they were starting to grow their business. So they were just at the beginning of stages and they, didn't, they weren't really financially abundant. They are now, but when I was growing up, they didn't. So I always saw my parents fighting about money. And so I actually, what we do is we, we associate the meaning to money. So a lot of people have a, a poor relationship with money. So for me, I grew up and I, I linked the meaning of money meant fighting because my parents were always fighting about money. And so I had a really hard time ever saving money. So I would get it and I get paid from a job or whatever, or, you know, a business. And then I would spend it right away. Like it was even, even up into the point where I was making 10 to $15,000 a month, I was still living paycheck to paycheck, mm. even at that amount. And I, I, it wasn't until I did the deeper leadership work, that inner leadership work that you talk about, that I actually started to see these patterns that the reason I could never save money is because I had a toxic relationship with it. Mm. So that was the big breaking point for me to realize, hey, I need to like change my relationship with money. Yeah. So what was like, how do you go about doing it? Did you like say affirmations? Yeah. Um, I did affirmations. Yeah. Affirmations absolutely helped. But here's, here's the thing about people's minds, right? We have two to 3000 thoughts an hour. And, and most people's thoughts are actually negative. And the majority of those thoughts are about themselves. That is so, so true. Most people, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like we're walking around all day talking about ourselves to ourselves, and it's negative, negative self-talk. Yeah, it's so true. So, so, and then, and then the emotions create feelings or the, the thoughts create feelings and emotions. And we usually have around six primary emotions we experience every single day. And this is why you see people ha play out the same kind of money patterns day in and day out is like what you're saying. A part of it is the way we just talk, talk to ourselves. So um, I always tell people when you raise the bar in life, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so when you raise the bar in life, all the shit you haven't dealt with comes to the surface. Mm -hmm. and, and we talked about that in the school of soul. So that shit coming to the surface is um, a lot of the, the toxic um, beliefs or the disempowering beliefs that you have with money and or yourself in general. And so it kind of needs to come up in a way that you can look at these things and process them and heal them before the affirmations can take root. You know, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of like I was trying to for a long time change my life through affirmations, but it wasn't until I did the deep leadership work that I realized that the affirmations weren't taking root because I hadn't cleared out a lot of the trauma and the fear that I was holding on to from my childhood related to money. Mm. That is so good. So it's like peeling back the layers. Yeah. It's like yeah. a la layers of the onion. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And so if after, how I ultimately how I did it is it, it's um, it's a process of looking at, what is your relationship with money? Like, is it toxic? I mean, in, in a way you could do that is just saying, okay, if I was dating money, uh, what would that relationship be like? We, we were just talking about dating. Mm, yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> so if it was an actual physical person, what would your relationship be like with money? And, and my relationship with money is it was always hard to get. Uh, it was always hard to keep. It, um, was I had to work hard for it. 
Like imagine working hard at dating because I know you're dating right now. Or imagine having to always work hard on your marriage like all the time. That's what it felt like to me. And then once I got it, I was afraid of losing it. Or mm -hmm. I felt like it was just already allocated to bills, or et cetera. And I, I never was like, I felt like I never, was never getting ahead. It was just like this constant like spiral of staying in the same loop, this pattern. So for me, I had to look at my patterns. So it's like what we teach you is like, you have to be hyper aware of your stories. And, and if you're hyper aware of your stories, you can see like, wow, this is playing out. Like if you look at most people, it's crazy. People make these changes in their life. Like they'll change network marketing companies you know, or they'll change jobs or they'll change businesses or they'll change their programs that they're running in their coaching business. They'll even change their relationship or their marriage with someone else. But very few people change their thoughts. Mm. They just jump from thing to thing to thing without ever looking at how am I creating this? And what are the thoughts that I am addicted to that are creating the results I have with money? Because that's a, a pattern. So when I looked at my thoughts and my emotions and my relationship with money, it, it helped me almost like let go of old stories that I grew up with that weren't serving me anymore around money. And then I could start to bring in some of the new affirmations that could take root. Mm, I love that. And even like what you were saying about a relationship with money, because I was just thinking like, I think it was your, you, because you have a podcast and I was listening to your latest episode around even how we treat our wallets, right? Or, and like, clearing it because it's energy in the same time and how do we treat money like do we leave it all crumpled and so it's i love that you're bringing it back to our relationship with it yeah it because it, money is never the problem like money money is never the problem it's it's usually if if you're if you keep getting in your own way then the issue really has something to do with your self-worth your self-esteem your self-confidence your desire to stay in like a limiting story or a, a fearful pattern. Um, but if it's with business, the thing about business that I love is that, and, and you can relate to this, stress goes down when cash goes up. Mm -hmm. So the more cash you can learn to create in your business, the, the, the lower the stress you'll have. And that's a skill to learn. So sometimes money is not the issue because someone actually might have not have the skills to, to make money on their own and have learned how to do that effectively. Like, my story, I'm sure we'll get into it, it's, it's pretty freaking crazy. And I, I recognize not everyone will go through that, but there was a point where I had delinquent credit cards and went into collections and had like, they all went into collections and my credit got totally screwed and I ended up paying the money back. Um, but I couldn't get credit, like no one could give me a credit card for years. And uh, it was like, oh my God, I feel like such a loser. Like, you talk, like, you know, your credit, credit score is ter terrible, but what it taught me is how to cash inject my coaching business without credit. And now credit's great. We have credit cards. Everything gets run on the credit card and paid off every single month. I mean, we put, I don't know, ten dollars to $15,000 a month on the business credit cards and pay it off every single month, sometimes multiple times a month, depending if we're traveling and whatnot. But I didn't always have that luxury because I didn't have credit. So I had to learn the skills to create cash. And, and how to literally create money out of nothing and manifest it and work with energy to call it in and be of service to people and generosity. And that's, that's truly like where I started to retrain my patterns around money. Wow. I feel like when that happened, like there's, as you were talking, I felt like this, there's this moment of surrender. Like you, 
Cause it's like my biggest fear is going into like debt like that. And so I'm always in control mode. Like I'm afraid to, um, like to tap out of my savings, like not have enough of savings. And so I think that's why, like with your own journey, it's like relatable for a lot of people and you've been there. And so it's like you, <laughs> you went from like the dark side and then you crawled out of it. Yeah. Well, well, my wife, Chris, you know, she talks about this, how we can, we can worship money or career or whatever to find our security, safety in that, or, or we can like worship or believe in the universe or faith or divine timing. And I, I mean, it's crazy because at my lowest points in life, when I was like, I don't know, 70, $80,000 in debt, making a thousand dollars a month with nothing like being like, we're, we're going to be homeless in two days. Um, having, having borrowed money from my family, my friend, I mean, just exhausted every resource possible. Right. And getting to this point where you had nothing, um, you, you find in these moments where it's like, you have to surrender. You don't have a choice to surrender, you know, because what you've been doing isn't working. And, you know, we say that life is good when you have a full bank account and a full gas tank. Everything's perfect. It's like, oh, life is all good. But you, you really do find out who you are in the moments where you don't have much. And that's where, you, that's where your, you know, your soul really gets to find out who you are on the deepest level. But if you, if you can find a way to, to surrender, um, like I always tell people entrepreneurs work for free because and when you're starting a business or starting a network marketing company, you're doing so much stuff and you're not getting paid. Like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, and it gets it can get frustrating when people don't have the mindset. Like they have the the entrepreneur versus the employee, right? So the employee is like, no matter what, I'll get paid. Versus the entrepreneur is like, no, that doesn't necessarily happen <laughs> at all. Yeah. So you have you have to find a way to surrender into what your soul is guiding you to do at the deepest level and and uh, process fear. Like one of our mastermind students, she is amazing. She just had her biggest month ever. And I was asking her, like, hey, how'd you do it? And she's like, I just processed the fear out of me. Mm. And it's, if you can process the fear out, and, and maybe we can do some techniques on how you do that, like grounding in nature, journaling, meditation, dancing, singing, yeah. just like getting out of your own fucking head. <laughs> like, you process the fear, bring back in joy, you end up creating abundance. Yeah, I feel like like the the whole... I don't know, the dark night of the soul, it can be so confronting for people. Um, but I feel like when I'm not afraid to sit with it and face it, like it, it really is a faster process. Like it dissipates. Mm, yeah, and it really, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And then the clarity comes through. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what I mean by a skill. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. Oh no, I was just going to say, um, like with what you were sharing about, you had to surrender and then learn, um, how to inject the cash. Like, like how was, like, how was that for you? Like, what was that process like? Yeah. So when I started, well, I'll back up. So my story is, um, I started doing a network marketing company. Oh my gosh. The first company I ever did, you're going to laugh. You don't know this yet. So the first, <laughs> I don't think you do. The first company we ever did was their product was bottled water. And, you know, we live in, in Vancouver, which is just above where you're living in Seattle. And so we have some of the cleanest water sources in the world. So you, you try going around, you know, getting people on a monthly auto ship for bottled water. 
And first of all, it was bottled water. It was probably not the best thing, you know, to be promoting because I know. It's bottled? <laughs> yeah, because it's plastic. Uh, and this, this was probably now about, oh gosh, like t- uh, 10 plus 12 years ago, somewhere in that range. And I remember I made my first sale and I made $60 commissions. And I, we were broke, broke, broke. We were living in basement suite, didn't have anything. Just, just ambition, but no skills, no network, like nothing. And I remember I made 60 bucks. I remember thinking, if I can make 60 bucks doing this, I can make as much as I want. Mm. And there was this, this shift that happened. Instead of going, because what most people do is they go, oh, 60 bucks, that's it? Like, that's not enough to pay the bills. Yeah. Right. And I always had this like mindset of like, I'm just gonna be grateful for that money. And, and, and then like it started to amplify. And I think we ended up making a few hundred bucks for that company and then moved on to other companies. Um, but it like, it, it taught me like the power of gratitude when it comes to wealth of wealth building. Cause I, I always believe that, you know, what you're grateful for magnetizes and, and money is drawn to gratitude. It, it's repet Like, you know, I tell people you can't have a shitty attitude and create abundance. It just, it, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. So that was, that was a big shift is like, oh, if I can make a dollar, I can, I can build this as big as I want. I love that. That is, that is an abundance attitude mindset because it's so easy. Like I fall into that shoe sometimes like only that's all I've made. I work so hard, but it's like when I listen to your stuff and your podcast is, oh yeah, going back to gratitude and it's, Sometimes it's easy to forget, um, which is why we should all listen to podcasts. But, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, well, t- to answer your question, too, with what you're sharing around, um, like, what did I actually do? It was, it, it was actually going out and getting into generosity, like getting into mm-hmm. service for people and, and really, truly helping people. And, I mean, sometimes, like, I was talking about this on a, on a live I did this morning with my wife, Chris, how you know, we talk about movement and to create a movement around your soul's passion, you have to have movement. Mm. You have to move. You have to get into action. You have to. And so for a long time, why I wasn't making the money I wanted, I I was like in learning mode, just listening and, and educating myself. And that's great. That was part of my process. But when I actually started making money was when I got into to action. And I remember doing a training. I used to do these trainings called Ignite Your Business Thursdays, and they were totally for free. And we didn't have Facebook Lives back then. So I would do these trainings, and most of the time, nobody would show up. And there were a 30-minute training where I'm talking to myself, and nobody is on the line. And, and, and my, my mind is going, just turn it off, right? You don't need to do this. There's no one on the line. No one will know if you just you know say, oh, you know, I had a tech issue. <laughs> no one will know. Um, but I just, something told me you got to keep doing it, keep doing it. And, you know, so when I tell people when they do a live and they're like, only one person was on the live. I'm like, that's one, one soul that wants to learn from you. I'm like, that's how you create a movement. It starts with one person mm. and then it starts to build and build and build. But you have to find a way to like follow through on what you started. Mm, I feel like the consistency and the follow through is so important. And a lot of times people give up because they're not getting the results quick enough. Oh yeah. We, don't you think we live in a world that's super impatient? Oh yeah. It's like, we want the instant gratification. <laughs> yeah. On, on, like everything. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, if you can see things like more long-term, especially with wealth, but here, here's the biggest thing that happens with people with money is 
they they either don't believe that they're going to make a bunch of money, like they just don't believe it's possible for them, or they look at their current results and it seems massively overwhelming. So they look at like their credit card debt or their line of credit or their mortgage or you know the money that's coming in and they're like, how is this? How is this ever going to change? Right? Yeah. And that that comes down to someone's lack of vision. Like a lack of creating money is a lack of vision. So if you can connect, and this is what we teach, you can connect your soul vision into like what's really true to your soul and then get out there and get after it and help people with it. Money is just a byproduct to helping people. Mm, I love that. That's like a quotable. (laughs) (laughs) Money's a byproduct of helping people because it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you talk about... um, like when we like just watching your, your videos, you talk a lot about impact versus inspiring. And so I feel like a lot, cause a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, like they, they want to have a big following and they want to, you know, attract amazing customers and clients, but what's the difference between impact and inspire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Impact and inspiration. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge difference and that uh, will show up in your bank account. So there's a big, there's a big difference. <laughs> so in, inspiration is great, right? Like we all want to be inspired. It, it, in, inspiration is like an in, inspiring the soul to want to grow and, and show people what's possible. But in business, like you have a USANA business, right? Mm-hmm. So and it doesn't matter if you're a network marketing business owner, you're, you're you know coaching business owner, whatever you do. In inspiration alone is going to have people messaging you saying, wow, you're so inspiring. Right. You're such an inspiration to me. I don't know if you've ever got messages like that. I'll get like, oh, that was so inspiring. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's because you're inspiring someone, but you're not impacting them. Mm-hmm. So impact comes down to leadership. It, leadership is the ability to influence somebody. And so think of it this way, because sometimes people have a hard time with sales where they're like, oh, I don't want to be sleazy. I don't want to take people's money, you know, especially if like you talk about like having the savings and some people sometimes say, I don't want to take money away from their family or from their kids. And here's the thing. There's two ways that people actually commit and it's either going to be with time or money. And if they're not investing time with you or money with you, they're not committed to transformation. So you're just inspiring them, but they're not actually going to get the breakthrough th- through that they need. So if you look at someone who's investing money and time, like you do into your coaching process, they're going to have huge breakthroughs. Like you launch the podcast within like, but the first 30, 45 days of the school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and that's because you're committed into your growth. And if, if you look at like the messages you receive from people that want to change their life, they're usually like, asking you about USANA or wanting to know more about the products or asking about like, how do you get started? Right. That's because what you're saying is landing. It's solving a problem in their life. So you're actually making an impact. Mm. So that's the difference. And, and if you want to know like what problems to solve, it's super easy to look at. You just, you know, you just look back on your life. I mean, I think those two to 3000 thoughts we have an hour for most people, they're so negative or they're so disempowering that they, that they forget about, these amazing accomplishments they've had their whole life. These, these moments where like you could probably think of moments in your life where you were bumping up against something hard and you just like, you made it through, right? Or you surrendered and it just like opened. 
And I have these moments too, but we forget about those moments because we're so hyper focused on our problems in life all the time. Mm -hmm. We forget about how amazing we actually are. So Chris and I call those the yes, you can moments. Like your yes, you can. We're like, yeah, I did it. I did it, right? And like I look at, I've run a bunch of marathons and doing a triathlon. I'm training for a half Ironman right now. The, the breakthroughs and those, the breakthrough and like, man, like doing what I wanted to do with my soul's calling, which is what I'm doing now. And actually like doing a training on that and being like, oh my gosh, we're getting to talk about what we love to talk about. Or, you know, hearing like how my client had like a massive breakthrough in their ability to make money with their purpose. And that like made their relationship better with their spouse or the relationship with their kids better because they feel less stressed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you have these moments, you're like, man, these are incredible. And the, the best way to rewire your brain for success around wealth is to look back at the times you've had a massive accomplishment and made it to the other side and keep giving that attention. And then you'll see like, no matter what you're going through right now, you can only not only make it to the other side, but you can thrive through it because you've done it in the past. So you just keep giving like energy goes where attention, you know, energy flows where attention goes. So if you can give it lots of attention and energy, you'll step into that other percentage of your thoughts that are really empowering. Mm. What if like, cause you, you help people get in tune with their soul's purpose and a lot of people will say well i don't know what my soul's purpose is and once i know that then i'll blah 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 like i think that's yeah. a lot of times i feel like that's what gets in people's way it's like well i don't know what i want to do so now i'm gonna stay stuck yeah totally i mean i don't know did you did you know what you wanted to do i just knew that it, it was like around guiding women and something that was like that was all i knew and for me it's I think it's like following the breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what's one of the best ways to figure out what your purpose is? Is to get into a community of like-minded people that they're able to see your gifts. Mm. My ears are ringing like crazy right now, Michelle. Is that a sign? <laughs> yeah. You, it, you, I always get... Yeah, I always get it. It's just downloads coming through. Oh, I love it. So I'm going to trust your audience needed to hear that. So they need to get into a, a, supported, a supportive community where they're not alone, like so isolated. Because like a lot, of, a lot of the people that love us, our family and our friends, they don't always understand the entrepreneurial journey or they don't always understand the spiritual journey. And we can like be super excited about something and then we bring it back to them and then we feel like it diminishes yeah. like the energy we have around it. So get, get around a community because if you can get around a community, people are going to be able to point out to you your purpose because we can't always see it. I'll give you an example. I was in my first community I joined was my first mentor. His name was John Asraf. I was 26. I took three grand out of my only savings I had and invested, right? And I was in this group and, and they were abroad group of people. I mean, there was like lawyers, accountants, coaches, um, artists, painters. It was just a bunch of people that wanted to grow personally. It was called the having it all challenge. It was basically walking you through all the different areas of your life, relationships, career, finances, mental, physical health, and showing you how you can have a really great life. So I'm in this thing. And at the time I was really into day trading. I'm like, I'm going to be a day trader and I'm going to make a bunch of money and I won't have to think about any problems. Like that, that was the goal. 
that was my purpose. <laughs> and I was like, if I could just make a bunch of money, I, I won't have any problems in life. So what, what's interesting is I, I was so loving the course that just like you in the school, I would be like engaged in helping people and I wasn't even being paid. And I would comment on people's comments and I would uh, uplift them and inspire them and share like my vulnerable moments with people and all this stuff. And I was so engaged. It was almost as if I was like a coach within the community, even though I was a participant. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And we're on one of the calls and one of the gentlemen who was also a participant, I think he was a doctor in Dubai. He said to me, I think his name was Graham, if I remember right. Yeah, it was. Graham said to me, have you ever thought about a career in personal development? And I was like, why would I want to do that? There's not as much money in that, right? <laughs> and then some other person said, hey, I think you'd be really good at that. Like you're always in the groups. You're all, you know, you got great energy. You're very good at helping people. And I'm like, yeah, but I've never thought about doing that. Like I want to do, do day trading, right? And what I didn't realize is that your purpose has to do with one of three things. Either your purpose is with people or your purpose is with things. So you're working with your hands to create or build things or your purpose is with information. Mm. You know, maybe you're a journalist or you're really good at, at writing books or something like that or mathematician. And my work was with people, but I was spending all my time behind a screen working with information, day trading and not people. Mm. And these, these people were telling me, hey, your work is with people, you know? And what's so ironic about that is through that course that we were learning about the different foundations of creating a great life, relationships, career, physical health, mental health, um, contribution. The one area that I just didn't give a shit about at the time was relationships. <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't care about my relationships. I just want to make money. Mm. And it was so funny because that was actually the area that I needed to go into to live my purpose. And so if you, if you look at what I get to do now to create money, it's very simple. I focus on two things. I solve a problem and I build relationships. I solve a problem and I build relationships. I solve a problem to help someone who's struggling in life. And then I build the relationship and I go deep with them, like a really connected, amazing relationship. And it's so funny that we, we don't always know our purpose and sometimes we need other people to point it out to us because we can't see ourselves. Yeah, it was great that you listened because some people will resist, but you listened, like you tapped into that. I can be pretty stubborn, but yeah, that was, <laughs> I think I was, I think I, I listened to Graham in Dubai because I was fascinated because he was a well-paid doctor and he moved to Dubai so he wouldn't have to pay taxes. Oh, no way. And I'm like, how did he do that? You know, so he had some authority. <laughs> he was a doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is the way the purpose works is you never, you never know, like, because the universe works through people. Mm. Like, if I, I'll go to a crystal store sometimes and I'll, you know, we can go woo here, right? Yeah, all okay. the way. <laughs> so crystals will talk to me. Non- um, living objects, rocks and stuff will talk to me. Trees will talk. It just sounds so weird, right? But being an intuitive empath, I, I can communicate with things and they talk to me. So sometimes I'll be led to a crystal and say, like, pick me up. And then I go and pick up that crystal at the store. Maybe it's like a, a green fluorite or it's like a black obsidian or moldavite or something. And I'll pick it up and then it will point me in the direction and tell me to get the crystal beside it. Hmm. 
So I don't, I'm not always guided to get the crystal that has talked to me. Sometimes it's like a middleman or middle woman to guide me to the one that I'm actually supposed to pick up. So you got you to almost like finding your purpose is about connecting the dots, which we call synchronicities. So these, like, these moments where, like you're saying, we got to be hyper aware of listening because it's the universe guiding us. And um, if you can kind of connect the dots, you do find a pathway to your purpose. The, the challenge is there is no seven steps to finding your purpose. Yeah. So, so the analytical side of your brain, which is the left brain, is going to be like, give me the steps. But what, where you find your purpose is your right brain, which is total flow, creativity, openness, spontaneity, has no desire to even figure out the purpose, just wants to go, I'm living my purpose right now, whatever I'm doing, <laughs> like in this moment on the podcast. I love it. It's, and it's that reminder to stay in the present moment as well. Yeah, because it's so easy to think about the future or the past and just like start like getting into our head around like, well, what's next for me? What's next for me? Yeah. 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 Your, your purpose is actually um, fairly easy to discover um, because I, I always go by, you know, George Foreman Grill said it and forget it. Oh, I, I mean, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> That's the way I treat manifesting is oh, I set the intention and then I forget about it. So if anyone wants to find their purpose, just ask that question. It's like Tony Robbins says, the quality of our life is based on the quality of questions we ask ourselves. So ask, what, what is my purpose? And then just send that intention to the universe and forget about it. And you will have all these synchronicities happen that will align you into your greatest purpose. You just got to follow them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And so for you, just for your, your transition, um, going from day trader to starting to work with more people, like that was you beginning to listen to what, like how you can serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was an unfoldment of giving up control, right? Like where we're going right now in business, we have a great high multiple six-figure business. And to scale to the next level, it's building up the sales division, bringing in coaches to coach within our groups and communities. You know, it's building out the infrastructure of the team to scale to the next level. Well, that's scary as fuck because you need to give up control. And I, I can keep, I can, I can stay in control with what we've created, but the universe is giving us an opportunity to, to, to raise the bar, right? And like I said, when you raise the bar in life, all the shit you haven't dealt with comes to the surface. So, you know, the universe will only give you what you can handle. So you can't, you can't like so often what people do is they like, they want, they want like more and better and to create more money and do these, do these things. But there's something that's right in front of them that they can't handle yet. Mm. And the thing that's right in front of you is what you need to get comfortable with, whatever you're resisting. And then you'll go to the next level and then you'll start to make that the new normal. But the, the whole process of this uh, creating wealth and living your purpose has so much to do with surrender and just giving up control mm. and, le and letting things, allowing them to sort of happen. Like you, you did that when we, you got started in the school. It was just like this trusting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> your questions are so good. <laughs> oh my goodness. I do that with a lot though. Like I always have questions. Do you want to know what's funny? So you know how we went back and forth over email and you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if it's the best time right now. Right. And you're like, I think I'm going to sit on it. I came downstairs and this was before you talked to Chris on the phone. 
And I came downstairs and we were eating dinner. We were sitting in the living room eating dinner. And I said, Michelle is just an amazing woman. I feel she's a really great fit. And, and Chris just looks over to me and she says, you need to stand for her. And I said, well, why did you tell me that? And she goes, because she's going to do really well. She's oh, going to rock it. But I she love goes, that. Stand for her. And that's, that's why I emailed you back. You know, because Chris was just, Chris just affirmed to me what I already knew. And it was like, yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, I get like chills <laughs> talking about well, that. Yeah, and I just love, like, I think that's a big part of like the coaching process in general. It's like when we like prospects or potential customers and clients, it's like taking a stand for them. Because a lot of times it's like you, you talk about like and other, like just talking to you and your work, it's like a lot of times we'll let someone go away because they buy into their excuses, but standing for them so we can help them. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to feel that like gut, that gut feeling. Right. And, but I, I also want to acknowledge you because you do the same thing for your customers and your teammates. Like you stand for them with great leadership and even for yourself. Like if we look at that idea of great leadership and, and creating wealth, it has so much to do with how we lead ourselves. Like we can't, we can't lead other people until we're learning to lead ourselves first. And so you know, like you're, we all go through this. When I first started coaching, oh my God, coaching is so funny. And as is network marketing, because we built up a big network marketing business and we were traveling all around Canada, US, doing hotel events. And we, we spoke in front of like 10, 12,000 people, just like it, amazing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and business has this way of like bringing up all your shit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. About? <laughs> like all your insecurities are going to come up. Oh Yeah. And, and, it, and it really what it does is I call it an accelerated spiritual growth phase because it's kind of like this detox mm. where of all, all your fears, all your traumas, all your um, negative self-talk, your limiting beliefs, they come to the surface so they can be purged out. No different than, you know, I'm sure you have detoxes for your sauna, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, detox for the mind and the body. Yeah. And like my, like I have my own shit come up and I'll like, when I start pointing fingers at other people, I'm like, Oh, this is not about them. It's about me. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and it gets you to see where, like where, where you stand as a person and a leader. But here's the cool thing about that. Once you move through those things, you align into integrity and you actually align into your highest best self. And it's, it's so amazing on, what, on how you can help people from that state, like you mentioned, standing for people. Because you, you can see their potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, it's, going, it's like working through that resistance and whatever, like all that dark stuff that comes up and all that resistance. It's when we're able to face it and not be afraid of facing it, that when we come through to the other side, it's like that you were saying that detox, it's like the confidence goes up. We know ourselves so much better. And yeah, it's like, then it's like, yeah, I know how I can like help you. And so you, you just said that so well. Yeah. Well, I think that our, like, I look at it, like if someone's coming to me because they want to work with me and they actually want to book a call, they actually want to get started. And I just help to have, you know, my job is to help them through some of their fear blocks so they can step into the person that they want to be. And sometimes Sometimes we need that person that believes in us 
and we feel safe with. I think safety is very important and we feel safe that we can be ourselves. There's no judgment, no criticism. You know, there's no in, in, hidden intentions. It's, yeah. just, it's just pure and authentic. And then we can align into our best self. But, but not many people give us that opportunity. You know, like a lot of people want something from someone else, you know, or they have a, a hidden agenda or they're, they're judgmental or whatever. And to me, like when you have a, you have a person or you have a community that can really like support you and, and gets you, you're able to soar. Like you're just able to get so strong as a person and feel really spiritually connected. That's why when I first started coaching, like the very first thing we learn is that the best way to change your beliefs is in a community. Mm. Cause like not only will they raise you up, but they'll call you out on your shit too. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I just, that is, that's so good. Like the, just that the right people. And I love what you said about, like when, when there's safety, cause then people can show up as themselves and the whole being seen. It's like, there's that, there's a fear of being seen. And I think a part of us all wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Well, we're, we're leaders. We like to be seen. <laughs> it's so true. It is. <laughs> <laughs> like to be seen, like to be heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hence the podcast. <laughs> Oh, well, so cool, Ryan. Thank you for your time today. Yeah, this was awesome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, it's such, like I'm having so much fun. Like we could talk forever. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we we could go deeper. Um, was there anything else you wanted to know around money or money mindset? I mean, I think the biggest thing that like people hear it like, okay, so you have to surrender. Um, but I think a lot of times it's still like the how, like how does one surrender? And then like, how do you get out of it? Um, but you were saying it's about gratitude. It's around like changing that mindset and changing that story. Mm. So like, I would say like, I don't know, you can answer, but like it's practice. Mm. Yeah. So most, most people, when it comes to money, the reason they're not making the money they want is because they're in survival mode. And they, they, they have a pattern of operating out of fear. And that, that's, a, that's a very addictive looping pattern. And they might not have like an immediate threat, like a bill is due today or anything like that. But they're also worried a week, a two weeks, three weeks from now, or they're worried about the savings dwindling. How do they keep it? There's a certain number in their head they have about like, I need to keep it above that threshold. You know, so there's this like survival mechanism that gets kicked in and then fight or flight or freeze, right? It's just terrible on the body. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very taxing on the body and the mind. So, um, you know, like when you work out, you can get in kind of like the red zone where your heart rate is beating very quickly. Um, and you have to find a way to, to, to calm yourself down. Like when doing this triathlon training, I can be running really fast right now but my heart rate is very low. Hmm. So even though I'm running quick because I'm trained, my heart's beating at a very easy pace. But it wasn't that way when I first started training, right? So people do the same thing with their thoughts. They're running in the red because their thoughts are firing two to 3,000 thoughts an hour. So like all the time. So they're panicking about money or panicking about fear of not enough or what if I lose this money? And so you have to find a way to calm your thoughts, your mind down. And just, and one of the ways you can do this is actually stop. So you physic, physically stop your body and just stop moving. 
And then from there, you'll, you'll center and then breathe. But when you're taking breaths, you want to exhale through the mouth and then inhale through the nose. So if you were to do like almost like, you know, when you go underwater and you exhale all the, did you ever do this as a kid? You'd exhale all the breath through the mouth, through the mouth underwater. Yeah. You ever do that? Right. Yeah. See how long you could hold your breath. So it's, it's kind of like that. You just like through the mouth and then you inhale through the nose. You do it three times. It centers your system. You get into survival mode. You rebalance cortisol levels drop. And then you can think differently because your thoughts aren't erratic. Mm. And now you center, you feel spiritually connected. I mean, I, I can even feel it now. And then you're able to see the situation differently. So that, that's one way you can surrender is just stop moving the body and then let the mind calm down, breathe. And this may take 30 seconds or a minute. And then you'll see the situation totally different and you, you've surrendered into that moment. And then the key is, how do you do this throughout your day and throughout choices in life that can seem scary? And how do you make a, a one second decision trusting your intuition? You know, like when we just went down to San Diego, we found out that there was an event down in San Diego. I knew we needed to be there, book the flight. That's a one second decision. Because mm. what happens if we wait, we start overthinking, overanalyzing, and then we just procrastinate. Yeah. And then, and then we're stuck in survival fear-based thinking for like days. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to get to a point where you're calm enough. You're able to make one second decisions on things, following your intuition that keeps you in alignment, but you're actually calm through making these choices. You're not scared of stepping through. And then the stepping through of things that are out of your comfort zone, like making the calls or meeting the person or starting that business, those things will create the money in abundance but you'll feel really calm doing it, like totally connect. And that's our work, right? In the school and one-on-one, like that's the process. So yeah, that's a way, a, kind of a more step-by-step um, -step way someone could surrender. I love that. That is so good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, how can people learn more about you? Yeah, you could just go to my website, ryanucomi.com. You can check out all the details of me there. And then on social, I'm usually on Instagram. So Instagram, I know that you're on Instagram too. I love Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, you can follow <laughs> me on there. Of course, I have my fan page too, my Facebook fan page, but definitely Instagram. And then for any content, the Soul Wealth podcast is a great place for people to go. That's on iTunes and then Android. You guys could go to soulwealth.ryanucomi.com uh, forward slash podcast. Yeah, and your podcast is like, I, I look forward to Mondays. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am excited to share your podcast and I just want to say congratulations to like the work you are doing, Michelle, is so impactful. Like this is the work that we need and I'm just grateful for you and grateful to be here and know that like your work keeps spreading and making an influence in the world. Oh, thank you. I can receive that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ryan. Check out his work and uh, stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.